Hey, this is dating coach Joshua Segafis. On this podcast, we talk about how men and women can level up their powers of attraction and desirability to take their dating life to a whole new level. Stay tuned. Keep listening. I'm about to show you how it's done. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the Joshua Segafis YouTube and Podcast the YouTube and podcast show where we talk about how to level up your attraction, improve your dating life, and embrace the alpha mentality. First things first, if I could get you to click a thumbs up button down below, that'll help show YouTube that you care about the content, and it helps me to get more viewers, which is awesome, so if you would do that, and then also hit that little subscribe button down there and click it and turn that little bell black uh, so that you're alerted for every new episode, that would be awesome because it really helps me with the algorithm and helps me to get my content out there to more people. Really want to push this algorithm, really want to get more videos, um, getting more views. It'd be awesome. All right, today we're talking about a pretty important topic. And this topic was actually brought up to me by a friend. I've been struggling with a bit of um, congestion, so forgive me if I sound a bit congested. Um, I've been asking some of my friends and colleagues um, what kind of challenges they face on the dating market. And I got this really interesting message back from one of my really, really good friends. And he basically says that, you know, for him a big challenge with dating is social anxiety. And this is not uncommon. A lot of people deal with social anxiety in dating. And so in this post, we're just going to talk about that a little bit. We're going to talk about how you can overcome it. All right. So now social anxiety is real. Um, it's not just like, oh, stop it, you know, don't have social anxiety, just will yourself not to have it. It's definitely more complicated than that. Um, I have a couple of really good resources that I found that I really like that I think are very useful. I'm going to link them down below. One of them is an NIH post on social anxiety published on like the, um, the uh, NIH National Institute of Mental Health website. And then the other one is from Psychology Today, 12 Powerful Ways to Help overcome social anxiety. And so I linked those down below if those are going to be helpful. Um, I'm going to reference some of this content here. Um, okay, so first of all, um, social anxiety is more than just shyness. And I'm going to kind of read a little bit off this, this NIH article. Um, are you afraid of being judged by others? Are you very self-conscious in everyday social situations? Do you avoid meeting new people? If you have been feeling this way for at least the past six months and these feelings make it hard for you to do everyday tasks, such as talking to people at work or school or hitting on girls or hitting on guys and flirting or whatever, uh, or going on dates, then you may have a social anxiety disorder. <laughs> All right. Social anxiety disorder, also called social phobia, is a mental health condition. It is an intense, persistent fear of being watched and judged by others. This fear can affect work, school, and other day-to-day -day activities like dating. Uh, it can even make it hard to keep friends and make new friends. However, social anxiety doesn't have to stop you from reaching your potential, and I completely agree. Um, now, I'm going to read a little bit more from this here real quick. They talk about what is it. Um, social anxiety is a common type of anxiety disorder. A person with social anxiety usually feels symptoms of anxiety or fear certain or all social situations, uh, such as meeting new people, dating, being on a job interview, whatever it is. Um, 
uh, doing everyday things in front of people, like eating or drinking, can cause anxiety. Using a public restroom can cause anxiety. The person is afraid that he or she will be humiliated, judged, and rejected. Now, that's the most important. I think that is the most golden ticket in this whole post. The person, if you have social anxiety, you're afraid that you'll be humiliated, judged, and rejected, right? So that's the fear, kind of. Um, the fear that people's social anxiety disorder have in social situations is so strong that they feel it is beyond their ability to control. Okay, now, here's the thing, though. Social anxiety is actually one of the things that you can actually get over a little bit. Um, I have... In the, in the past, I've had kind of a chronic battle with performance anxiety, and that's related to social anxiety, but it's a little di different. Performance anxiety, it tends to kick in when you need to, like, get up and give a speech. If you're going to get up on stage and do something, if you're going to do something in front of a bunch of people, when you're expected to kind of perform in a certain way and then you can't do it, you know, so that's like performance anxiety. Um, social anxiety is very, very similar um, let's talk about the signs and symptoms real quick. When having to perform in front of or be around others, people with social anxiety might blush, sweat, tremble, feel a rapid heart rate, feel their mind going blank. They might feel nauseous or sick to their stomach. They may show rigid body posture, you know, make little eye contact. They might look at the ground or look in other places. They'll find it scary or difficult to be with other people, especially people they don't know, have a difficult time talking. They may be very self-conscious in front of other people. They may feel embarrassed or awkward. They may be very afraid of judgment. So there's that judgment again. Um, they may stay away from places where there are other people to avoid that fear, you know, so that fear of being judged or humiliated, rejected, you know, whatever. Okay, so um, as a general rule, the way that social anxiety disorder is treated, now I'm not a therapist or psychologist, but the way it's generally treated is um, with psychotherapy, sometimes called talk therapy, medication, or both. Uh, you should talk to your doctor about it. Um, if you have a therapist, you should talk to them about it. Um, a type of psychotherapy called cognitive behavioral therapy is especially useful for treating social anxiety disorder and so on. Um, okay, but what can I do to help people with social anxiety? Okay, I'm not a therapist. Can't give you behavioral therapy. You know, I can't give you psychotherapy. However, I do have a bit of experience with this, and I can tell you some steps that might help you. Um, and these are not things to use instead of going to therapy. This is just maybe something extra you could do. The best thing is to go get professional help for something like social anxiety disorder. However, there are absolutely things you can do outside of that that may be useful. And I'm going to kind of outline a strategy that I think works actually really well. Okay, so depending on how severe your social anxiety is, the first thing... The first thing to do is to expose yourself to a minimal amount of it, right? So you don't want to throw yourself into the most difficult situations possible. Um, and this takes a while. This is another thing. There is no overnight cure for social anxiety, right? But here is kind of a three-step plan that I would outline. Um, number one. I want you to kind of think of a place or setting that you could and maybe desire to regularly frequent, 
but the idea of doing so, you know, and maybe you want to frequent it because you would like to meet people and expand your social networks, right? Which is ultimately how you start dating. You have to expand your social circles. But, you know, you don't go because you're too anxious about it, right? You have that social anxiety. So, so how do you overcome that? Well, what I would say is the first step is to just get yourself into that environment and then be self-aware of how you feel about it. So, for example, let's say that you really want to, let's just say that you really want to go to parties, okay? Um, let's say you get invited to parties and you really want to go, but you have so much social anxiety that you can't really bring yourself to do it. Or if you do, it causes you to seize up so much that it's, you know, you don't feel like you really make any headway. Like you don't really meet anyone and you're paralyzed by it. Right? So, so even if you do go, it's kind of a waste of time. That's how you feel about it. So the first thing you want to do is you need, you want to start being self-aware. And when you, what you want to do is you want to say yes to the party. And of course, it's going to be kind of, you might have some anxiety leading up to it. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to, to go to the party and, you know, literally as you're walking in from the very beginning, I don't want you to have expectations of yourself like, oh, I'm not going to be anxious this time. This time I'm going to be cool. I'm going to get drunk, whatever, you know, getting drunk supposedly, um, a lot of people say that it helps with their social anxiety, but it can actually contribute to your odds of having a panic attack. So getting drunk is not necessarily an answer, not necessarily a good answer anyway, not for everyone. And, and so we're going to try to avoid that as a step. <laughs> we're going to avoid that. So what you want to do is you want to go in, you want to be self-aware and you want to start thinking to yourself, at what point does the anxiety start? So maybe you literally, you park your car. Are you anxious yet? You know, if you are, make a note of it. And then think about how anxious am I on a scale of one to 10, 10 being unbearably anxious to where I'm in sheer panic and one being just mildly anxious. So, you know, when you park your car, when you're walking up the driveway or the sidewalk, think how anxious am I? Has it increased at all? Right. Uh, then you get to the front door. Does it cause you anxiety to knock? I want you to be self-aware, like keep, keep tabs on how anxious you are. And the key is not, don't push yourself to try to just overcome it and not be anxious. Instead, recognize that you're anxious and embrace it and become aware of it. Because here's the problem. A lot of people with social anxiety, they try to just kind of either avoid the problem or they try to just forget the problem or they try to shove it down or shove it away. And they try, and so in doing so, they keep it in the dark and they're not shining a spotlight on it. Things are always scarier when you put them in the dark, right? But when you turn all the lights on and you shine light out and you actually assess the problem, then it becomes much less scary. So that's the first thing is awareness. That's the very first thing. Okay. So, so you go inside. You know, the host greets you. How anxious are you now? Like, has it increased at all? I want you to keep a mental note of this, right? Okay, now, I, you know, you'll continue this and you'll take part in the festivities and everything until you literally get to a point where the anxiety becomes bad enough. You know, maybe that's like a four or a five or, or wherever it is you get to a point where the anxiety gets bad enough that it's actually really starting to be serious. Like it's at a point where you're really noticing it and you feel like it's actually hindering your ability to function. 
maybe you don't even wait that long. You know, you, you just go until you kind of hit that, that, that wall, right? And then, then you do whatever you have to do. You might excuse yourself to the, to the restroom. Maybe you go home, you know, whatever you want to do. Um, you might want to escape that situation. That's totally fine, right? Okay. So, cause this is the thing. Social anxiety is not, you're not going to overcome it in one day, but this is a process that will help you get started on the road to figuring it out. And here's what I want you to do. Uh, if you think you can excuse yourself for a minute and kind of collect yourself and, you know, and if you want to collect yourself, one really good way to do it is to go into a room by yourself, like maybe excuse yourself to go to the restroom, sit down, take a very deep breath and hold it for four seconds and then let it back out again. Take another deep breath, hold it for four seconds and let it back out again. Okay. This is kind of like a meditative type thing, you know, and of course, if you're, you know, if you're feeling any really severe symptoms, you don't want to, you, you may not want to do that. You know, don't push yourself so much that you're going to like faint or something, you know. Um, but, you know, when you start to get a little bit anxious, you're like, oh, God, like this is starting to get stressful. Then this is a thing you can do, you know, um, to try to prolong your ability to kind of stay and interact. And then so you then you kind of, you know, you calm down. And if you can get calmed down and you can get to feeling less anxious, maybe you go rejoin the party. If not, maybe you leave. Okay. At some point, you're probably going to get to a point where you might want to leave if your social anxiety is bad enough, right? Um, <clears throat> if not, that's fine. Just do this next step whenever you do leave. But whenever you leave, and if you have to leave early, that's totally fine too. Uh, but when you do leave, here's what, and this is step two, here's what I want you to do. I want you to make sure that pretty soon after the party, and this is another reason not to get intoxicated because you kind of want to have your full faculties intact. Like you don't want to like get home. You don't want to like Uber home, be drunk, fall asleep and just forget about everything because that's not actually going to help you overcome the social anxiety. It's like a temporary bandaid. If anything, sometimes it might even do more harm than good. So maybe avoid, you know, getting drunk and drinking. Um, so what you do is you get home and then you, you run through the events of the evening and you kind of recap them in your mind and you think, and what I need you to do is you need to start trying to identify what it was that ticked up your anxiety levels. So if your anxiety level ticked up when you knocked at the door, like, like why try to think of like what it was that caused it. Was it because you were afraid that someone was going to open the door and be, you know, that they were going to be, oh, like disappointed that you showed up because they don't like you? Is it because you were afraid that they would open the door and you would have like, you know, something on your nose and it would make you look foolish? Is it because you were afraid they would open the door and like judge you for the clothes you're wearing? Try to be really specific and identify what caused the increase in your anxiety. And then this is very important. Write it down. I want you to write these things down so you don't forget them. Try to think of all of the reasons that your anxiety levels ticked up, right? Um, I know that that's kind of a lot of work and that does take a lot of self-awareness, but if you can do that and get that down on paper for yourself, and this isn't necessarily show anyone, um, maybe your therapist, you know, or whoever, if you trust someone a lot, maybe, but but for now, it's just for you. And so you write it down and then you think about this, right? So I'm going to, I'm going to give you a little example. Um, sometimes I have a little social anxiety. Um, one time 
I, when I first started, like when my business first started growing and I, I kind of, I was ushered into an echelon of, of people who made more, a lot more money like at first than I did. Like when, when I first started my business, I barely made anything. It was just, you know, whatever. Um, but as I started to make more and more, I became more and more acquainted with kind of a more affluent group, right? Of, of freelancers and business owners. <clears throat> and there's one situation where I got invited to dinner. And so I went to the person, you know, these, this couple, I went to their house and, and I was so nervous because I, I didn't really understand this kind of life. Like I, my whole life I had like been like low income. And so now I was making pretty good money, but I know I definitely didn't make as much money as this couple did. However, they still like, I met them and they still thought I was cool enough, I guess, or they were just being nice or whatever to invite me over to their house for dinner. And I remember thinking, Oh, I'm going to go there and they're going to think that I'm just like this, this low, like lowly freelance writer and, and they're going to think they're going to like judge me. They're going to think that I'm a nobody. They're going to think that they're so much better than me because they make more money. They have such a nicer house than I do. They have such nicer things than I do. Right. So there's all this thing. And so it's like that judgment, right? Fear of being judged. And then them thinking, Oh, this guy isn't really real because he doesn't make any money. Right. So this was the fear I had. Um, now I don't have very bad social anxiety. So, so, you know, when I went through this process, I kind of, I kind of took note of the times when my anxiety levels increased. I used this exact technique. Uh, and then I, when I, when I came home, I, I thought about it a bit. And what I did was I, I took all those reasons that I had and I, what I did was I, I kind of really honestly assessed them and see, here's the real truth of the matter. The real truth of the matter is that usually when we have social anxiety, it isn't, it, it isn't real. Like the stuff that we're anxious about isn't real. Now, sometimes we know this and sometimes it's not so clear, but a lot of times to be super honest, when we're feeling anxiety, like we're way more mean to ourselves than, than is due, right? Because it's, it's just not real. So for example, did these people really look down on me for how much money I made? No. And why? Well, I know that I don't look down on people who make less than I do. I know that if I, especially if I was making as much money as they were, I wouldn't look down on people who made less. As long as those people were cool and as long as those people like, you know, like I could have a good friendship with them, we could have good interaction, whatever, and have a good time, like it doesn't matter. But see, I was putting all the stock into it that wasn't real. Like, and I was trying to think for the other person, right? And it just wasn't real. Okay, so, you know, so that is, that is something that is really important for us to be honest with ourselves about. Like, a lot of the times the things we're anxious about don't actually matter. Now, sometimes it may not be that easy to convince ourselves of that. And so what we have to do then is maybe we have to get a second opinion. So you might go to your therapist, you might find a very trusted friend, um, who you really trust, you know, to be honest with you and not to judge you, not to, you know, share your secrets with other people. Um, you know, whatever it is, someone you, someone you trust very much and you might say to them, Hey, I want to share with you, you know, these things and you might get them to talk with you 
see what they think. You know, for example, you might ask them, you might tell them, okay, so I got anxious, you know, the other day. I went over to so-and-so's house. I kind of got the feeling that they were judging me a bit, you know, for whatever it is, for not dressing as nice or for the kind of life I live, or the kind of job I have, or whatever it is you think they're judging you about. And then you might say, you know, what do you think? Do you think that people judge people for things like this, you know, and just get a second opinion on it. You're going to find that nine times out of 10, everyone is more concerned with themselves than they are with other people. In fact, what I have found since working on my own social anxiety, I have found that for the most part, even people who make a lot more money than me actually usually have a lot of social anxiety about interacting with me and are very intimidated by me. Why? because we're all intimidated by each other to a certain degree. You're intimidated by what you don't know, you know, by the mystery of things. And some of that is natural. Some of that goes over the top and becomes social anxiety, but it is what it is. That's what we're all doing, right? It's very rare that you find someone so confident and just self-assured that they're not really operating on any kind of anxiety level. And I'm telling you from experience that those types of people unless they're just a real like jerk, which there aren't honestly that many of them. The vast majority of people who have gotten to that point where they're very self-confident and self-assured and they're honestly not like anxious about anything, those also tend to be the least judgmental people out there, right? Um, they're just doing their thing. They're just chilling and they're usually going to accept you for who you are and it doesn't matter. You care way more about it than anyone else does, right? And so, so anyway, step one is be self-aware of your anxiety and what's causing it to uptick. Step two is to write it down, write down the things, specific things you feel like, you know, you're having anxiety about. And then step three is to go over those things, evaluate them, see if they're actually real, right? Like look at it really objectively. You're intelligent. And look at it in an intelligent way and see if it's real. Um, if you are not sure or if you cannot convince yourself that there's no reason to be anxious about it, get a second opinion from someone you trust who is also rational and intelligent, who can give you straight answers. It's also someone who's not like pessimistic or, you know, terrible. Like get from someone n nice and good, like get a good person's opinion on it, right? Um, so that'd be a good thing. And so, so now, Here's the thing. Once you work through that and you become aware of all those things, that gives you a new perspective on it. And then what you're going to do is the next time you go to a party, when you walk up to the door before you knock, you're going to think, okay, maybe you'll get anxious. If you do, you'll be self-aware. And then you'll, but then see, you'll have already been through this. You'll understand why you're feeling anxious and you'll understand the things that you told yourself the answers you came to, you'll, you'll have already gone through this process of understanding that specific phenomenon, right? And that, the, f the first time it happens, again, you'll, you might still feel anxious. But see, the thing is, then you repeat this process every time you go out. And then when you get home, you keep, you know, you repeat the process. And then as you continue to do it, and you continue to kind of put yourself out there, you're going to find that your anxiety about these things is going to go down because you're going to just, 
you're going to become so well acquainted with the truth of the situation that you're going to find out that there's nothing to be anxious about. The real truth, the ultimate truth about social anxiety is that even if people judge you, reject you, ridicule you, even if, you know, they humiliate you or they say they like you and they're lying to you, these are all like the worst case scenarios. This is the real truth. Even if they do those things, the truth is that there is no reason to care about it, right? Yes, it doesn't feel as good as when you're accepted and everyone likes you and everyone wants to be like you and you're popular. Obviously, that feels better. But here's the thing. The real truth is that even if you're not a perfect person, having the confidence in yourself to not care if you're going to be humiliated, judged, or rejected already is going to make you so much more likely to be popular anyway. Like not everyone's going to like you because that's being genuine and honest, and authentic. Not everyone's going to like you, but the people who do like you are going to like you 10 times as much as they ever would have when you were just kind of being base and not taking risks, right? When you're not being totally genuine, when you were holding yourself back. <clears throat> and you might run into things that you do want to fix about yourself and that's fine. You can fix those things. But the truth of the matter is that if you walk into a party and you be your genuine, authentic self and you interact and if people judge you, you know, if they, if they actually do be mean to you or they act humiliating towards you, like that's not really, unless you're doing some wild stuff, like, I mean, unless you walk in there and you're just being a complete turd which you're not being, if you already have social anxiety, you're probably not acting that way. You're probably acting polite and trying to be respectful and reserved. And you're probably trying to be sociable and likable, you know, so, and you're probably doing a lot better at it than you think. So, but even if you walk in and they judge you, they ridicule you, they humiliate you, reject you, whatever, that's still not a reason. There's no bear that has no bearing on how good of a person you are. Some of the best people in the whole world are rejected by a lot of people who maybe don't agree with them or who are threatened by them or whatever. We have to understand that how well liked we are by the masses does not impact our value as a human. And this is where it kind of comes back also to the alpha mentality. I would also encourage you, if you have social anxiety and you're trying to date, I would also encourage you to explore your passion. Find out what you're passionate about. Find out what you care about, right? And then start making a meaningful dent in the universe. Because, because for me, like my purpose and my passion, you know, is to help people through their dating lives, to help people level up their attraction, to help people embrace the alpha mentality, right? And so when I, when I walk into a room, I used to be very self-conscious. Like, oh, are people going to think that's weird? Am I going to sound stupid when I talk about it? Like, are people going to think it's dumb? 
Everyone's going to think I'm not legit, whatever, you know, so this thing. However, now I've published almost 90 videos on my YouTube. I've published like 90 podcast episodes. I've published well over 130 blog posts on my blog. I have been working, working, working on this stuff. And, and so that counts for something, right? And this plays into confidence overall. And this isn't just social anxiety, but this helps confidence. And we also have to remember that a part of confidence comes from performance. So now, a year later into this journey, when I walk into a room and I say, yeah, I'm a dating coach. Yeah, I help people with their attraction. I help people with their dating game. I help people with the alpha mentality. I'm not thinking at all about whether people are judging me, people are, I notice that they're curious. I know that if they say a weird thing, I instantly know that that threatened them. Like when I, like they're afraid that I'm going to judge them for their dating game, or they're afraid that I'm going to look down on them, right? That's usually what's happening. If someone's acting weird, it's because they, they see how confident I am and how high I put myself and they, and they have a, difficult time dealing with that. Right. And so that intimidates them and they are probably experiencing some social anxiety and they're trying to like deflect it and they're very self-conscious. Right. So that's what's happening a lot of times, but see, it took me a while to figure out that that's what was happening. Right. And it took time and confidence to figure that out. And it's not easy necessarily. So now I can walk into a room and I can act with compassion and I can act with a higher awareness, right? So if I walk into a room and, you know, someone acts weird toward me, I one time went, I went to this party one time and this girl, this girl just started in on me. Like she started making fun of me from the time I got there and did until the time I left. And some of her jokes were like, like, like legitimately rude. Like, it's just like, why would you say something like that? Like, it wasn't even funny. It was just rude. And I, I thought that was kind of weird at the time. At the time I was just on that journey, trying to like level up in my confidence. Like this was back before my dating coach type days. This was more back when I was dating and when I was practicing pickup and I was trying to, I was single, you know, and I was trying to, trying to figure out who I was. And, and so and I was learning about that, you know, at the time. And so she made these jokes and I thought, this is so strange. Um, and I didn't really do anything. I just kind of bantered with her, you know. And then I left after that and I thought, what, like, what was going on? And I, because I, I went over it in my head and I, because it bothered me, I made notes and I, you know, and I rehearsed it and I tried to be self-aware and evaluate it. And I was like, not only what about it caused me anxiety, but also trying to figure out what caused it. And, and, and after a lot of time and thinking, I actually came to a point where I thought, you know, cause I learned a little bit about her and her life, you know, choosing kind of a, a marriage. However, I dare say that her marriage, let's just say that I had a feeling, a very evidence-based feeling that her marriage wasn't very good. Let's put it that way. Like she wasn't very happy in it. And so I was this newly single guy and I was out there getting it. I was having a good time. I was confident, you know, and then she just goes in on me and I, I, I developed a theory 
I thought that maybe she was jealous of me maybe a little bit. Now, I don't know if that's true, but that's kind of what I thought was the most likely thing because I didn't do anything to, like, provoke her. You know, I didn't go in on her, you know, trying to rile her up. And, you know, I was just existing, and she came out of nowhere, right? She was also a little drunk and stuff. And okay, an interesting thing about this is that the next time I, w I went to another party and she was there, and this was like a year later, and her attitude toward me was so different. Of course, by this time, I was operating with like a much higher level of awareness. And I was so much more confident and just is just like a night and day difference. And she and I could tell that, that like she so now what happened and I'm going to be real with you. I'm going to be, and this isn't just me tooting my own horn or whatever. This is real stuff. Um, she legit was, she started to hardcore flirt with me at this other party. I mean, like where she was like mean the first time a year later, she was just like, I mean, she was like touching my hair, you know, touching me, just like, you know, flirting with me. Like she'd find me wherever I went and like banter with me, like smiling, making eye contact, all these things, you know. And it was like, um, it was pretty obvious, you know, that she was kind of play flirting, you know, and, and definitely wasn't being rude this time. But I think the reason that she wasn't being rude this time was because she had a, because I was acting like I had enough confidence and, and I was holding myself in a much better way than I had been before. And I think that I demanded a certain level of respect just because of my presence, right? I commanded that respect from her. Whereas before, the way it manifested was in almost like a mean way because she didn't respect me, I guess, maybe. Um, I, I can't read her brain. Like I never did ask her about it. So I, I can only speculate. But but that's that's what I thought. And then, but see, then a year later... I was a totally transformed man, much more strong, like much more confident. And so it commanded a certain level of, of respect and she couldn't, she wasn't brave enough to treat me like she had before, you know, she, so it kind of turned into flirting instead, you know, I maybe was still kind of a threat, but maybe, you know, she, because of that respect, it was more like attraction than, oh, I just don't like him because I would rather be where he is than where I am or whatever it is, you know. Um, all that I say, I tell you that story to say we don't always know why people are acting the way they're acting. And so that's part of why it's important to level up the confidence and to... When you start making your mark in the world and pursuing your passion, that increases your confidence, you know, and you start to really win. Like you get some wins under your belt. You help some people. You realize that you're making the world a better place and your self-awareness increases. And that gives you a tremendous amount of confidence and it gives you a higher position in life, right? It's like, um, that's why, that's why people who make a lot of money generally tend to be a little bit more confident in, in at least some ways. Because they, they have like gone through that process of getting that money, right? And so because they've done it and because now they're at this level, you know, they, they've just accomplished a certain amount and that makes them confident, right? And so 
um, we can do the same thing, but it doesn't just have to be through money. We can do it through helping people. We do it through pursuing our passion. You can do it by getting money. You can do it by getting women. You can do it by getting men, you know, dating people. You can get your confidence by, you know, whatever it is, achieving wins, getting your black belt, you know, losing five pounds, whatever a win means for you, you can get it that way. But we got to get some wins to get that confidence level up. And for social anxiety, that's actually pretty important. Um, it's an important step. It's not the only thing. It, but but it will help, right? And so got to be minding your business, getting your money, pursuing your purpose, level up mind, body, spirit, you know, and then also use the steps I talked about before and then growing your confidence level and also being self-aware enough to realize that most humans are not as secure as they make themselves out to be. And you would be honestly surprised at how many people feel very small and they're trying to make themselves appear very big right because there's a there's a massive self-confidence issue in our world for the most part a lot of people are not very confident and even if they're very confident in one way they're not very confident in many other ways you do not even know how many men i've known who are very confident in the one very specific type of business they're in because they've made a lot of money but they are so unconfident they have a total lack of confidence with women they have a total lack of confidence with social situations like you know so it's very specific it can be very specific so you just never know what other people are going through and you're probably not as bad off you know you're probably not as bad <laughs> the people probably aren't looking at you as bad as you think they are all right that's going to wrap this one up if you haven't already, hit that thumbs up button. Help me with the algorithms. I hope this post has been helpful. I hope that this will help those of you with social anxiety to kind of make some progress and improve your dating life and level it up. Um, let me know what you think in the comments. Hit me up on my social media. My links are down below. Ask me questions, request other videos or blogs or podcasts if you would like. Uh, in the meantime, go with grace, ladies and gentlemen. Never give up your power. This is Joshua Segafis signing off. Thank you for listening. Make sure to visit www.joshuasegathis.com. Catch you on the flip side.